Zechariah's Prophecy. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has looked favorably on his people and redeemed them. He has raised up a mighty Savior for us in the house of his servant David, as he spoke through the mouth of his holy prophets from, from of old, that we would be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us. Thus he has shown the mercy promised to our ancestors and has remembered his holy covenant, the oath that he swore to our ancestor Abraham to grant us that we, being rescued from the hands of our enemies, might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all of our days. A new child will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people by the forgiveness of their sins. By the tender mercy of our God, the dawn from on high will break upon us, to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. May God bless the reading and hearing of his word.
From the Gospel according to Luke, the 23rd chapter, beginning with verse 33. When they came to the place that is called the skull, they crucified Jesus there with the criminals, one on his right and one on his left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And they cast lots to divide his clothing. And the people stood by watching, but the leaders scoffed at him, saying, He saved others. Let him save himself, if he is the Messiah of God, his chosen one. The soldiers also mocked him, coming up and offering him sour wine and saying, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was also an inscription over him, This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who were hanged there kept deriding him and saying, Are you not the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other rebuked him, saying, Do you not fear God, since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed have been condemned justly, justly, for we are getting what we deserve for our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus replied, truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. The Gospel of the Lord. We begin with a declaration of our pardon. We come before God as sinners and in that recognition of our frailty, we listen all the more clearly because we know we are forgiven. Let us pray. Unstop our ears from the things that keep us from being able to hear. Our bias is to confirm what we already believe to be true. And so our listening becomes lazy. But if, if we allow ourselves to hear, you speak to us something brand new. And we might be changed to Christ's glory. Amen. Today at the end of the liturgical year is the celebration of what was known for many years as Christ the King Sunday also known as the Reign of Christ Sunday. And so it begins again. It is the Sunday on which the liturgically-minded Christian would observe the conclusion of the year which began way back in 2021 with the first Sunday of Advent, in which we heard prophetic readings about the end of time, and we will also hear such readings next week as we begin again. Advent unfolds at the beginning of the Christian year in the way that Advent does. The sanctuary becomes decorated with festive reds and greens. We light a purple candle, the first on the Advent wreath, and sing haunting tunes in minor keys, expressing our longing for a coming Savior. 
Those first four weeks culminate with Christmas Eve services, with readings and carols and candles celebrated in this room together. Last year we did it for the first time in three Christmases as we'd taken a break from in-person gathering during the pandemic. It was good to be back. We returned to something that felt, you might say, normal. Now we've looped back through the year, and next Sunday we'll return again to the beginning of another liturgical season with similar readings about the ends of things for the end of the first Sunday of Advent and somber songs giving way over the coming weeks to joyous carols celebrating the coming of the promised Christ. You live, you might say, in loops. A friend of mine used to say that he woke up each and every morning with exactly the same goal. His goal when he woke in the morning was this. It was bedtime. (laughs) From the moment he crawled out through breakfast and through the work of the day and into the evening, he had his eyes fixed on his completion, and that was calling, crawling back under the self-same covers from which he had mer- emerged in the morning. He would each end each day, he said, with that sense of accomplishment. Ah, bedtime. Only for it to loop around again. This past week, I checked the garage to locate the shovels. Who knew? They're right where I put them last spring. And then I also bought ice melt, the same as I have done for many years as a homeowner, patting myself on the back once again for having gone to Menards while they still had plenty in stock, giving myself the same congratulations I give myself every year as if it somehow knew that I had foresight and looked for it in advance just like last year. We live in cycles. We crawl into bed. And as we're crawling into bed, we think about the morning. Crawling out of bed, we think about bedtime. Wrapping up Sundays with thoughts of next weekend. Fall gives way to winter. Walking the dog again each morning, the end of the week. Having the same joke said that is said every year at this time, we're going to miss this cold weather come August when, come August when it's 100 degrees. It's a wisecrack that just seems to appear every year. As our various committees in the week ahead recall what part of the church that they're supposed to decorate, though they have the same assignments every year, we seem to forget them until we're shocked into reminder, and then we go into the crawl spaces and find all the decorations as we get together to decorate our church and sanctuary. A week from Saturday, not this Saturday, but a week from Saturday, The old cycle was that it was Saturday during Thanksgiving, but then people were out of town and celebrating, so we bumped it ahead a week, and we've been doing it that way for a half a dozen years now, but it still seems like we've disrupted things, but there you go. A cycle of invitations and preparations and Thanksgiving with its side dishes, food that we won't see again until November 2023. We'll do it all again, only we're going to be older We're going to be older. So one change of these endless loops of days and seasons while the world seems to operate in its circles, we live linear lives. 
So our reading here at the end of the year remind us Zechariah, who is an elderly father, pronouncing new hope over the birth of his son John. Having undertaken the annual rite of incense just nine months before when he went into the holy place, he has now returned and brought his promised son for dedication at the temple. Like every new parent, he marveled that in a world of babies, his son was very, very special. Looking down at his swaddled child, Zechariah proclaims, And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High. For you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people by the forgiveness of their sins. Later, perhaps as an insult, Zechariah's baby boy would be called a Baptist. John the Baptist. And Zechariah's infant blessing would unfold into a strange jolt. In a cycle of life, something different. A trajectory of change threaded through the endless loops of time. We read also today from the penultimate chapter of Luke, the next to the last one, Luke 23. It is the tragic conclusion of another life, the one about which John the Baptist had cried only three years before on the banks of the River Jordan. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. We conclude our year with the image of that self-same lamb dying as all lambs do in sacrifice. 23rd chapter of Luke plays out with the predictable concerns. Death has occurred. Bodies must be buried. Standard rites were truncated by the cycle of Sabbaths and so rushed to the tomb before nightfall. Memorials are arranged for the beginning of the following week. And the chapter concludes with the women seeing how the body was laid and preparing spices and ointments as they had done for so many others who at the end of their cycle of life had died. As they say, goes on. We checked the storage space for our decorations, hoping last year we had taken the time to put them away in anticipation of getting them out this year. Were we careful did we pad the lights so that they wouldn't break? Did we put the wreaths away so that they wouldn't crush? Or would we, in our endless haste back then, now be faced with endless fluffing? Some years, yes. Most years, no. It matters not. We've got to get the decorations. The only thing that seems to change is how the tree is a little heavier this year than you remember. The knees a little more unstable, and we remember in fresh ways why it is called a crawl space. There's something comforting about cycles. I'm glad we don't have to reinvent or improvise every year. At my first church, someone back in the 1960s had taken a photograph of the sanctuary's chancel right after it had been decorated for Christmas. That was fortunate for us. That photo was reprinted on Christmas cards. Someone thought it was a great idea for a fundraiser, and when they went to the printer, they realized that the price of each card dropped with every printing, and so it seems as if they had printed 150,000. Thinking the card would be a big hit, guess what? It wasn't as big a hit as they had thought to the printers, and so we had plenty left. It was a good thing. 
Because when disagreement began to break out over where we were supposed to place the bows on the garlands, or how the poinsettias were supposed to be arranged in the chancel, and as we were just about ready to begin disagreement, somebody said, ah, the Christmas card. And they would run to church storage and bring it out, and we would all say, there you go, that's the way it's supposed to be. That's the way it's always been. Never mind that perhaps they took the picture because it was the first time that it looked that good. Never mind that the one who snapped the photo and those who had put up the greens and those who had stepped back and looked in awe at that arrangement for the first time were long, long past. We now mirrored their former glory. Don't lose the card. Remember where it is for next year. There is a reason why when the prophet Ezekiel is in exile, hoeing a field for a Babylonian taskmaster, a field that was not his work, that he did not enjoy. It was the anniversary, the very day that were he back in Jerusalem, he would be ordained as a priest, but that was not so. The rhythm and cycle had been disrupted, and so there he was by the river Kibar, hoeing onions for another's produce. And as he stood there, God came to him as a wheel. A wheel within a wheel. That in the grand cycle of time, God was mobile. Never mind, they were not in Jerusalem. They were in Babylonia. But God understood the eternal cycles and so could come to the prophet where he happened to be in the same cycles where he had appeared to priests and prophets before. And so, we cycle around again this time reading Jesus' final words from the cross. Two thoughts. Slice through the cycles like a spinning blade cutting through gnarls of a knot. We hear again the words that break the mundane cycle of our lives. We hear Jesus say, Father, forgive them. And we hear Him say, Today you will be with me. Forgiveness and companionship. That's how it all ends. That's how it all began. Zechariah suggesting that baby John was coming to break the cycle. And Jesus, while dying, said something brand new. Stuck in our endless ruts of days, in the cycles of life, we hear something different that drives beyond the seemingly endless cycle of bedtimes and weekends and shovels and ornaments and empires and elections. Tired of the same? Weary for the repetition? Consider this way out. All history was transformed from the cyclic to the linear. From the same old to the brand new. That's why when we turn the page from Luke 23 to Luke 24, the first word of the new chapter is, But! But! 
on the first day of the week, it was different. That's all the expectation that Jesus would be dead and buried according to custom and that the cycle would continue and another lamb had been sacrificed and would give way to the next except not this time. Forgiveness and companionship. All things new. So today is Christ the King Sunday, also known as the Reign of Christ Sunday. And so it begins again. Amen. Amen. Let us stand and speak as we do every week the new words of the old creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried, descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead, descended into heaven, and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to